That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestle Mania. Alongside for the ride is a man that used to be the advocate, and then he became the special counsel, and then I had to punch him in the face because he's no longer needed on the island of relevancy. JC, thank you for joining us, JC. But as we may discuss, Adam, maybe it's all a ruse. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Just maybe. But before we get to the maybes and the shines and the everything and the whatevers, it's next week, Nestlemania. Next week is the 2020 Knocker Awards, baby. We'll be giving out a set of golden knockers. We're so excited. Your favorite categories come back. We talk about your favorite and least favorite moments of the year. So be ready for that. That'll be out probably pretty early next week. Um, so uh, be ready for that as a post-Christmas treat. It is. It's a delightful little nugget. It's really wonderful. It's everybody's favorite, besides 30 Hopes for the Year, I think, or for the re- for, for the Rumble. It's my favorite overall show. It is. It's one of those shows that, like, I think that as a fan, you don't really need to listen to wrestling all year round to enjoy this one. So I, I agree with you. This is a good one. And we wore our tux. So, you know, yeah. it's good. Nobody can you see know, mine, it. But. Mine obviously looked a lot better. It was a lot more super hot fire. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you know, you know, you know what it is. It is where it's Vanessa Mania. We're going to get to AEW. And everything going on there. We're going to get to the 2.0 of NXT and everything going on there. But first, we must start off in the shine. Always in the shine, Mandy Rose. Much like her, Roman Reigns is always in the shine. And you alluded to it off the top there in the intro. Uh, We had the big happenings with the Reigns-Lesnar storyline this week. Uh, Reigns pretty much fired Paul Heyman. Superman punched him. Lesnar made the save and took out the entire bloodline. And uh, we're on our way to day one, baby. I was really enjoying this entire thing because I just didn't... I, I, you kind of understood that Roman Reigns was going to be pissed anyway, but then they had that segment before where Paul Heyman was waiting outside with the car, and it was Brock, and he was like expecting somebody else, bud. You know, and I thought that was great. And he's like, uh, "Are you doing some advocating tonight? Or are you going to be a special counsel?" Like he just kind of, <laughs> you know, whatever. And then later on in the night, they did the whole thing. Like I just, you know, kind of laid out with like answering questions. The most important thing: Are you a special counsel? Or are you an advocate? Did you know about him showing up at SummerSlam? Did you know about this? Did you know about MSG? I thought it was great. And then the hug and watching Heyman cry a little bit and then, you know, said you're fired, walked away and then jumped and punched was, I thought, great. I thought it was a wonderful way to hook you into day one. Obviously, this is going to be the, the main event of day one. But all I could think about, JC, and we, we make a joke about it a, a little bit. Is it a ruse? Is it not? But we here's the thing that we always talk about. The best things in wrestling make you ask questions. The best things make you Go down that hallway. Go down another hallway. Think about the possibilities that are endless. And I think this shows you the blueprint of why every single week Roman Reigns is on a different level. The Usos by osmosis are on a different level. Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar on a different level. Sami Zayn by indirect sunlight is on a different level. You know what I mean? It's like he literally is taking everybody with him on this journey and I'm, I, I don't want to like, you know, sit here all day and slobber all over the guy. But I, I was sitting here thinking to myself, JC, there's two, there's two trains, of, you know, I guess there's three, but two trains of logic in my mind. I'm curious how you feel. Is it more likely that Paul Heyman is part of the plan with Roman Reigns to turn on Brock? Like that it's been a, and it's been a ruse all along, or I think the road less traveled and more intricate storytelling here is that he's going to side with Lesnar up until day one, and then there's going to be a cultivated moment in that matchup, maybe much like the same storytelling aspect where he slid the championship, and this time he's supposed to slide the title to Brock, but then he slides it back to the tribal chief for the win. 
Yeah, but when I was watching this the whole time, I was thinking, I was like, this is probably a trap. As insert Admiral Akbar Jeff here, it's a trap because I just uh, the the Heyman visual with Roman makes a lot of sense. But I think there's even more little branches of train of thoughts off your trains of thoughts. So we're gonna really phew, multiple timelines here. But uh, choo choo. So it's it. I look at it kind of like two different ways, I guess. Where is if this is the culmination of Brock and Roman then maybe Paul is really done with Roman and this is a way to get him back to Brock um, and either win the title or they go their separate ways. They'll probably meet again in like a couple years again because they always seem to do. But if this is the end of this thing, but I feel like if it is a ruse and Heyman flips back, then they're going to be delaying it even more and we're going to get this match again, which is a possibility. Um, I do think that it's going to be some sort of a ruse because it's just, it's, I don't know, it was too clean this week. Of all the things that Heyman has done, to make Roman second guess him. And a lot of them, they all could have been calculated as mind games with Brock. This one seemed like, hmm, this is the one that makes him go over the edge. So it got me thinking, but I, like you said, it gets us thinking. There's a million different possibilities. It's why Roman and Brock are two of the best ever. Why Heyman's the best manager ever. Because there's always little things like this that involved in something that we've seen a million times. We have seen Roman and Brock feud, probably like if you put it all together, probably over like a calendar year of them. Think about that and how stale it would be. Cause they always used to make fun of the Orin and Cena like matchups, but this one, like every time they do it, it's fresh. Cause there's something different every time where they literally feuded over Heyman in the back half of the summer. And they're, they pretty much are doing a similar feud again and it's not stale. So it's just, it's, it's genius by these guys. And that's why it's literally been leading our shine now for probably like two months straight. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I am, uh, I'm ready for day one. I, I think they sold me anyway, but I think it's a pretty good card for day one. I think so, so, so here's the thing. I am really excited about day one. When we get there, I just feel like there's not much to talk about in terms of like, there's a lot of like things that happen and have to be like rematches of rematches of rematches that happen. Well, had like a month and a half. That's, that's right. been the thing when, yeah. when they canceled the December pay-per-view and pushed this back, it's like, man, they have a lot of time to build for day one. And then uh, very less time to prepare for the rumble. But I feel like that's why we're seeing some seeds get planted in some of these other storylines because they know that the rumble's going to come hot and heavy afterwards. So, um, but I, I do like the idea of this day one pay-per-view. I think it's actually been a good idea. And I do think for the most part, a lot of the matches they have on there are going to be good. Um, even though, like you said, a lot of them, we've got a lot of taste of it going in, but this is by far the main event. Uh, Nestlemania, I'm curious, what else did you like from the shows this week? I'm going to be honest, a lot of people don't like me anyway. I don't <laughs> think there's a lot left to talk about that was positive in WWE this week that was, N well, maybe NXT maybe, but a a the Raw and SmackDown, no, I don't think so. I got two two things, and I know they're, one thing you're going to nitpick, so I'm going to go to the other one first. Randy Orton and Chad Gable got in a rain. That's a win for all of us. Sure, but I wish it was longer. I absolutely agree with that. Um, but it's just, it's one of those things. It's like they got in a rain. We've been asking for it. They gave it to us. They gave us a nibble because I, like I said, I think this is the feud probably like into the rumble or post day one. Once they get past if when the street profits and uh, the Mysterios eventually face, which as you noticed, the Mysterios are back and the profits weren't. So um, we'll ho hopefully get that soon. Unless if they completely drop that, um, we don't know, but they did say it would come in a couple weeks. So I'm assuming next week. Um, the other thing that I did like, Okay. And this probably is going to be a transition piece because you've been shitting on this feud the entire time. But I don't love champions getting pinned, except for every now and then there is a time and place for it. And when I'm looking at Charlotte and Tony Storm to make that more believable, you had to give Tony Storm the big win here. I love that she pinned Charlotte in that tag team match. Um, I thought it was in terms of just throwing people together in a tag team match. I thought this was an effective way to do it because they do this way too much. So it waters down when it's done right. But this is one of the scenarios where everything about it was done right. Tony storm needed that. We're obviously getting the match this week on SmackDown. Um, and it'll probably keep going much. I, I'm much like the live Becky feud. I would assume it'll be a, uh, Charlotte shitty win or a no contest or some bullshit but regardless this was a win that tony really needed to continue to climb herself to try to come close to charlotte's level because as we know charlotte is the fucking moon in the sky and everyone else we're just here on planet earth baby we can't keep up with the queen but um i thought this wasn't a very effective win for tony storm to go back to your previous thing i just want to say very quickly i have a theory okay that an austin theory well no not that <laughs> i'm not afraid of an eraser but I will say this much. 
I think that Randy Orton and Riddle, if you notice Riddle wasn't there, by the way. Yeah. I have a feeling, folks, feeling, just a feeling, an, an inkling, that Mysterios and Street Profits are not going to day one and that the Alpha Academy somehow is going to be the contenders to day one. Yeah, they I, might have to bump it up. I, I think, I think it's, it's a COVID be, issue or what. There, but there's going to be something. I thought they were going afterwards. I think. So. I, but here's the thing. I think either whether they inter- interject themselves and make sure that nobody wins that championship opportunity, whatever the case is, I just have a. I just smell something happening here because Otis and Gable are so much more red hot, in my opinion, in terms of like where they're going with it versus the other two. But getting back to the other point that you said about the, the women's tag match, I will say this much: I watched that match and I was like, "Ooh, all right." We got, we got a hot start to this program, and I was excited for it. But I will say this much. I don't mind Tony winning. It's not a big deal. I thought Tony looked good. I thought Sasha looked great. I thought Charlotte wasn't sandbagging. She did what she could. Shotzi for me, as much as I love Shotzi, I went and watched that match, and I went, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, a different level, and I think when you have those three in a ring and her, you kind of notice it, the different it, level. It was like watching somebody driving the speed limit versus somebody that goes above the speed limit to me. Like, that's what I, when I was watching it, it just felt like things were not on the same repetitional, you know, re- revolution, essentially. Like, nobody's on the same page. So I thought that, to me, made me feel like that was a bad match overall. It was a great moment for Tony and Sasha, and they were jumping up and down, and Charlotte, like, I get that. But like I, the only thing I took away more than anything else was, wow! Like there is a there is a gap on SmackDown, like a ginormous gap in terms of plug and play. It's it's rough. There's a reason why Tony is the one, and that's why I think a lot of us were frustrated when she first came up, is because we knew like between the ropes she's ready and she can go with anyone because we've seen it. We've seen her do it all over the world. We saw her doing the Man Classic. We've seen her do it in NXT UK, NXT. What some of the other ones like Shotzi? Like I've always liked Shotzi, but there is a thing when the bell rings where she isn't quite there yet in terms of the upper echelon of women. So working with a Sasha is great because Sasha will bring you up to where it's yeah. presentable. But when you get in a situation like this, where, like you said, you have three of the top women's wrestlers in the company in a match with her, she's going to stick out a little bit. But to me, that didn't take away from it. It was noticeable for sure. But my focus was much more on what was going on with the other ones. I understand. You like Tony time. That's fine. I understand. Love Tony Tony. One, 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 one point of contention. I miss her Tiger Driver flip power bomb finish. I miss that more than this like reverse. Maybe she'll bring it back. I think that's more effective, and I think it looks cooler, and I think the crowd will get behind it a little bit more. Because that's Don't honestly disagree. it's impressive. I think it's impressive. I think whatever she does now is really cool, but it's one of those. What the hell did I just see? You know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get excited for it. So that's all I want to say about that. But you can get, you can get heaty if you want. I mean, uh, there's plenty. Yeah, of I, I will say because you just say impressive, and I feel like. I mean, the rest of this we can put in the heat for obvious reasons because it was a three-week oh, rerun. God. But the KOD that Bianca hit on Dewdrop, like, that was dope. The crowd thought it was dope. If that's all that we saw that week was just that one move, that would have been dope. But obviously everything that came before it and the fact that it was a three-week rerun <laughs> was what it was. But WrestleMania, It's time to get heated. Get him heat, off my baby. TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. I don't understand the Dewdrop and Be- Be- uh, Bianca Belair was the final chapter. It felt like it just fucking started, really. I don't understand this Bianca shit Bianca won all three, too. No, so I know. It was it's just like, probably what? good because... They had a great first match. What? They had a second match that you thought was slappy that I actually liked. This one, I was just like, we can't do this three weeks in a row. We had the cool finish, but it's time to move along, move along to some different feuds. Uh, sorry, you missed the last part. That's okay. Before all our hope is gone, it's time to move along. It's true. It's very true. I, you know. So. It was set up, I didn't even know how to explain this. We're just going to talk about this because our boy Dom prepped us on this one. We got to talk about this fucking happy talk segment. <laughs> like, this is for Dom specifically. <laughs> I didn't even get to watch this live. He prepped me saying, I got to know what you guys think about this. And then I saw my Twitter timeline. And I went, I'm trying not to. I, like, it can't be this bad. It, I, it can't be this bad. And then they fucking, you know, I watch it. And I'm, I'm like, okay, like, of course, Happy Corbin and Madcap are supposed to be like the honks and they're just like, you know, being weird and, and stupid and haha. And they're playing their, their gimmick to what, what they can do. But they wheel out the, you know, the desk with the sword in there. And maybe I'm just, I just don't like the fairy tales anymore. I mean, I got to read them to my kids anyway, but Jesus, like the sword in the stone bit that just like, 
I can't do it. Can you do it? No, I can't do it. And it's like, I'm the chosen one. And then he just rips it out, like kind of rips it out. And it's like, yeah. And I'm waiting for like Highlander to come out and fucking, you know, the shiny star, the whole thing. And all I could think about was, wow, this is the drizzling shits. Like out of everything that you care about, besides Roman Reigns on SmackDown, you're supposed to care about Drew McIntyre. His big moment is to come out in a kilt and a leather jacket and take a sword out of a fucking desk. And I thought about it, JC, and I think this might be, if it was, if we had more time, this might be the worst segment of the year. Mm, but I don't think it's that far. But it's up there. This, this, the idea, I think what, the, like, what, like, first off, Drew McIntyre better get Happy Corbin and fucking Mad Cat Moss something nice for Christmas because those two motherfuckers are humiliating themselves to put this fucking ogre over. So first and foremost, I'll say that. But good God, like that, I agree. The premise of this is so fucking stupid. It just like, you knew they were doing it when they brought up the desk. It's like, oh my God, they're going to try to pull up the sword. They're not going to be able to. And then fucking Sir Drones a lot is going to come out and fucking pull it out and go, <laughs> big shiny sword. And it's just like... I don't, I can't put a worse segment of the year because like it just it wasn't it wasn't so bad that like it didn't have anything redeeming because as corny as fucking happy and madcap are it's like I still fucking chuckle at them and they make me smile um, because they're just fucking ridiculous so I can't put it that far but it definitely was not a great segment it was probably the worst part of SmackDown this week but it's just like it's it's weird because a guy like Drew you wouldn't think wouldn't need the special treatment to just continue to try to put sure. him over so much but the fact that they haven't given him like a rest it's like they have to to keep it relevant so i mean corbin and madcap make a ton of sense to do that because who fucking puts people over more than those two you know so but god yeah the premise of this segment it's just it's so so fucking overdone so part the part that really hurts me or at least hurts my brain is that okay here's where my brain is going we could have madcap supposedly at day one which means most likely, Good. most likely, Cor match. most likely Corbin and Drew at the Rumble, right? So that means we're not fucking done. We're like, we're we're headed for like five more weeks of this. Oh no, see, that's why you're wrong because they're both going to be in the Rumble, and then they're going to going to continue through the Rumble, and whatever pay per view comes after the Rumble is where Corbin will take on Drew. Oh my As God. Corbin's going to be the elevator to Drew to Mania to wherever he goes. God, I can't do this. I, it's fucking it's vintage. It's just it's how it's gonna be. The nice thing with the rumble is like they'll they'll probably be involved in some eight man tags, which I know you love. Oh yeah, um, to lead into that. But yeah, no, it's uh this 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 when they book that. Why would you drag this out so much? Because they got nothing else, and they know there's no one else to fucking keep Mac the crowd interested in McIntyre than fucking the most hated guy in the fucking company. So I just I can't do it. I can't fucking do it. I I I. Listen, I love Roman Reigns, but if it's Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, I just don't. It see might that. be. I just to me, it's McIntyre or Lashley because who else can it be? Unless if they do Lesnar again. I mean, I asked for Les for Lesnar and Lashley, but I don't for, know if we're gonna get that. I mean, hey, La well, the weird thing is now is that Lashley. We're gonna we'll probably talk about this later. Is now a little bit babyface, and so is Brock. So I'm thinking it's like. They're gonna miss maybe it. Lashley does. Maybe Lashley does win the Rumble and take on Roman Reigns. I think he might. I think he might. I think Lashley is my pick right now to pick, to win the Royal Rumble. Absolutely. I would like that, but here's what I wouldn't like. And we can transition to this in the heat because they tease it a lot. I don't care if he's a fucking baby face. MVP needs to stay at Lashley's side. I do not want a fucking naked Lashley. We've seen the naked Lashley. It doesn't fucking work as a baby face. doesn't work as a heel. I don't care how good he's gotten. I don't care how over he's gotten. I don't care how amazing he's been. Do not take away MVP from him because even as a baby face, MVP still fucking works. So don't fucking do it, WWE, because you're, all you're going to do when you pull MVP away, Lashley's just going to go in a downward spiral. It won't be a fault of his own. Some guys just need that. Some guys just need it. Need it. And like, you know what? It's fine. That's fine because MVP and Lashley has been one of the best things on WWE TV in the last year and a half. I don't fucking care if you want him to be a baby face. MVP stays with him. That motherfucking pimp cane stays strong as his right hand man. I, I have no rebuttal. I think that's wonderful. But I, yeah, I agree. There is a big nervousness. <laughs> it is wonderful. There is a lot of nervousness I have because I was watching that segment when he was like, get me a water, champ. I went, oh, no. Didn't oh, love that. No. Yeah. Didn't like that this week at all. And maybe that's what they want us to think, and that's fine. 
I don't know, man. But, Usually when they, I mean, when they tease stuff, that means it's coming. And I think they just think like, oh, there's a baby face. He doesn't need MVP. Oh, he doesn't need him. He's good. He's over now. People are going to say, you just, it's so fucking hard to be a baby face fucking promo in general. And we'll talk to some of those that happened tonight. And it's just like, not everyone's Brock Lesnar. I'm sorry. There's one Brock Lesnar who can actually be a successful baby face without his manager. And Lashley's not that guy. Lashley's every amazing a million things, but he's not that guy. I just, I can't. I just, I just fucking can't. I, I, I was watching Raw and I thought to myself, I don't like the idea of Kevin Owens and KO being, you know, on the same page. It's like, you're all supposed to be vying for the championship. I don't buy they're, any They're of jokes things. now too, by the way. Yeah, they're like, absolutely like, jokes. Yeah. And here's the, thing, here's, here's the thing that's really going to bother me. They're probably the people that are going to take the championships off of RK Bro. They can't be a tag team. That's oh, dumb. they will no. be. I, they will veto. be. Absolutely. Veto. I'm vetoing it right now. Nope, I'm putting it out veto. in the universe. Nestle's right. I veto that idea. No, 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 that no, no, idea no, 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 sucks. No. It's out that of the universe. That idea sucks. That idea sucks. No, it does not. No. That idea not. sucks. Nope. No one wants KO and stuff as a tag team. That idea sucks. Okay. And Especially now that KO's all cashing in on that shit, bro. People are ready for it. Uh, it's time. He like Kevin Owens is a funny guy, but at the same time, at the heart of it, he needs to be a fucking ass kicker. I understand why they're doing this because this is about fucking cementing Lashley and trying to cement Big E. But you know what? You're going to need people for them to fight all fucking year. And these two are your two prime candidates. So eventually this fucking... There's the Miz, Ho-Hi, there's Ho-Hi, Edge, there's all sorts of stuff on Yeah, right. but they're, they're, they're literally acting like the Miz right now. We already have a Miz. I don't need three Mizzes. There's one Miz and he's the best Miz. I don't need two other fucking shit-eating, like, cowardly fucking heels. So I, got, I got the best one. So let's transition to that point then. So we have Miz TV with AJ and Omos, where, you know, there's a breakup kind of sort of happening. And then, of course, we have the Mysterios who beat AJ and Omos in two minutes or less, so your pizza's free. And then Omos turns on him, and uh, there's a little bit of a, you know, scuttlebutt, I guess. And uh, Omos stands strong because he's not longer, what did he say? I'm not going to be Andre the Giant, I'm going to be the first Omos or something, is what the Miz said. Which, I get that the comparison's there. Uh, maybe he's more athletically inclined than Andre. That's I fair. would say so. I would think that's fair. <laughs> I would say Omos is closer to a Braun than he is I would, a Andre the Giant. I was going to say, I mean, Andre the Giant was a global phenomenon. I don't Yeah, but I'm talking that, I'm talking in terms of athleticism. The, oh, the big oh, man in WWE oh. has changed like like from the Andres and the Big Shows to now it's like we've seen Braun, we've seen Omos. These are extremely athletic big men. I don't so. doubt that, but I I have a hard time wondering if Omos like I, we can make it's the, impossible. It's impossible to compare eras, but in terms, it's just like why it'll probably never. It's so hard to compare anyone ever to Hulk because it was so different back sure. then than it is today. Like obviously, there's a lot more people in the world now. They have a lot more reach, but like just the the legends of these guys. Like it's just one of those things. It's like you can't compare eras. It's it's, physic, it's not possible because there's no way to find something in common to compare it. They're different. Um, but I mean, oh my, like the way it is now in terms of like, there's never just one Roman Reigns is an aberration right now. There's never just like one guy nowadays in wrestling. It's like several guys and like, they just alternate who's on top. That's what's so unique about Roman Reigns. It's not ever going to be like it used to be where it was like this guy, you know what I mean? So, I mean, uh, obviously he's never going to be on that level in terms of Andre the Giant. Okay. So let's get to the point that we're going to have AJ Styles, maybe a baby face AJ Styles coming up. We'll see. Uh, yeah. against Omos. It doesn't excite me too much either. I kind of like him as a heel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like, oof, whatever. Um, Let him put him over and move on. Well, I, so here's the thing I'm nervous about, and a lot of people have said this. Uh, we've had a, There was a Twitter thread that I jumped on was, is Omos ready to talk by himself? Does he need somebody else as a mouthpiece? Is, is the presentation does he need with to Omos, talk at all? Does the presentation of Omos need something else besides Omos is my question. It depends how you do it, because if you let him just fucking steamroll people and be the big bad guy and then maybe give him short, like, frothing at the mouth promos like they did Braun, he'll be fine. But here's the other thing that was interesting is that the Miz knew everything about this. Is they just going to transition where it's like Miz lost Morrison and they're just going to transition where Omos is going to be with Miz for a little Absolutely. while. Absolutely. That's where my head went. That's exactly where yeah. my head went, because all I could think I could about see was it. the Miz needs heavy because the Miz fights like a coward. And having Omas get the exposure from a Miz, from a you know Miz and Mrs. other things like that, I think would make him something closer to the global phenomenon that he is supposedly going to be. But I do think about this a lot, JC. I think if you leave Omas alone right now by himself, even with the frothing promo, 
I don't think people are going to get behind it. I think it's it's either a, you you got to have some type of garnish around him. I I you got to pretty it up because I think right now it's so two dimensional still that I I I, I watch Omos and I'm like this is pre- he's an impressive motherfucker. But then I'm I'm not left wanting more. I'm like oh he does some stuff that's pretty cool. All right, what else you got? So, well, it's, I think it's part of the reason why in the draft that they made the decision to keep him with AJ a little longer because they know he's like, he's like ascending, but he's not there yet. Because it's so much, it's hard to build a big man because one of those things like you can't just send the NXT and go down there and have five star matches. That's not what they do. It's like the same thing with Braun and Omos. They just get called up. You're on TV because you're that fucking big. So you just you just have to be on TV. So we have to watch them learn and grow and change and adapt on the fly, which is a lot more challenging. And that's why you really got to pick your spot when you give them those wings to fly away. And I think they're looking at it is that probably they're like, you know what? The best chance that we have to give Omos a chance to succeed is by unleashing him in the Royal Rumble as like the guy this year that's going to be the dominant force in the men's until he comes up against a Brock maybe or something. Um, it just, that just what makes me think of why they're kind of fast forwarding this AJ thing. And they're probably also like, we got to get AJ in a good singles program by WrestleMania. So we got to move this aside. So my guess is that's all the factors, but the end the, the effect of those factors is that you're getting some pretty poor TV right now. Yeah, it's tough. It's very tough. Moving on to the edge and because uh, uh, by osmosis, I guess, is the key word of the day uh, or transition, uh, you know, Ms. Uh, Maurice and into uh, the cutting edge part. I thought this was the worst segment that edge has done since he's been back. And I don't mean that because I want to pick on edge. I don't. I just think that the end result made him look bad. Like the fact that he called the shot and it still happened to me. Regardless of like what somebody else wrote in a script or what somebody backstage thinks it might have been a wonderful segment or whatever, or I'm missing the psychology of it, I don't believe I'm wrong because if I think the masses, including myself, look at it go, so Maurice was, you know, fibbing. He called out the Miz. He knew the Miz was going to attack him from behind, yet somehow he turned his back anyway, got into a fight, and then kind of got skull crushing finaled. It just made me go, what the fuck did I just watch? Like, it didn't make any sense to me. And maybe you can talk sense into me, JC, but I just thought this was, like, they did a great job leading up to this point. But then I've I've lost all hope that they can, it's like they fumbled at the one. You know what I mean? Like, I just, well, I look that, at it like. See, that's, that's where I differ. This week was a waste of time. I didn't need it. It was, the Maurice part of it, I almost fell asleep, which is saying something when Maurice is on my TV. That It was rough. That This was a rough watch. It wasn't good for all the reasons you pointed out. It doesn't change anything for me in terms of the edge Miz feud. It just told me that those two need to get back to doing what they do best. And maybe we just take the lives out of it now because it's not working. Um, unless if Beth is going to be on TV, it's just like, what are we doing here? Um, you have, I think what, one more week before day one, just let those two go fucking head to head on the mic. That's what we want. That's how it started. That was the mat where the magic began. Give them one more week of it till they have their match and edge gets the shit back when he beats Miz over overcoming all odds. So long-term it doesn't bother me, but for this week, Throw it out. Garbage. Garbage, as the French would say. What else did you enjoy so much that you have to put in the heat? Well, there's a bunch of little things that, like, I mean, you can run through if you want to, but I think we need to, maybe maybe what we need to do, Nestlemania, is to kind of get this stink off Rod Smackdown, is to jump over to AEW. Because they, have, th- they had a seminal moment last weekend, winter oh is coming. And we joked on this show. You joked to me and you said, you think they're going to do a time limit draw again? And I looked at you and I was like, ah, could you imagine? That'd be horrible. Guess what they did, WrestleMania? When you're right, you're right. They did another time limit draw. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's hard because there were parts of that match that were a ton of fun. You probably could have threw out the first 20 minutes because nothing happened. It was boring. And that's my biggest issue. We, t- we talked about this all the time in the NXT matches. When Gargano had 40-minute matches, you're like, this could have been cut in half. The beginning didn't need to happen, and you still get the same greatness at the end. And I agree with you there, and I apply this to here. That's, it's fucking it's amazing that these two can wrestle for an hour. Congratulations. We already knew you could, Daniel Bryan. I'm glad Hayne Man could quote-unquote Hayne. But you know what I don't love? I just don't love when your champion has his first defense. We already knew he was in trouble. It's like... What like all this match to me did it does it did nothing really for Brian because we've already seen him do this with Omega. Daniel Brian Danielson is one of the most invincible men in wrestling where he can take L's and it literally doesn't fucking matter. It's been like that ever since he fucking had his yes movement. He's indestructible. So you're not benefiting him by doing this. 
All you're doing, in my opinion, is hurting Hayman. Yes, you showed he can hang and he can wrestle. But again, I, I already knew that. It's just like I, I wanted to see him get that big signature win. Unless you're just going to take the title off him right away, which who knows, maybe they do that. But it's just like, I thought this was going to be like his solidify, his like, I'm trying to say solidization. I'm trying to make up words, but I think you get what I mean. He solidified. Yes. And they didn't do it. So it, it just, it bothered me. The other thing that fucking bothers me, and this is, uh, I think I brought it up with the last one, is that there are ties that happen in sports. Sure. They happen in the regular season. Whatever. That's fine. But when you have a playoff game, which I would equate a title match to, you play till there's a fucking winner. So the fact that I have a title match and you don't go to fucking overtime, fuck you. That's all. I, I hate that. I hate it. It's you. You're just telling me that this title match is uh is ending like an exhibition because nothing came out of it. It's like no, you have. There should be a definitive ending. It shouldn't be a fucking tie. Shouldn't be a fucking tie in a playoff game. That's what a title match is to me. So, meh. I thought I thought they dropped the ball big time on this. I I'm, like I said, our boy Dom was arguing with I made a lot of good arguments, but I just. Not going to change my mind about it. I just feel the way I feel about these things, and I think they missed an opportunity here. That's all. Do you think that Tony Khan or the AEW people are really, really holding on to that stat thing a little too much? Because I feel like the presentation of Daniel, or, or excuse me, the presentation of Brian Danielson, excuse me, you come out, you see the lower third, and you see two on that record. Do they think that that holds more mustard than it really does hold up? Because I think that that's what they're looking at sometimes. Like, the records don't really mean anything, but if, you know, Brian has a record of, oh, shit, he's got two ties, and you think to your back, oh, it's Hangman, and it's Omega, then that makes them always, you know, not in the back of the mind, but present of mind to be like, oh, these guys are fucking special because they went to a time limit draw versus they got a win or a loss. Now, I'm not saying a tie is better than a win or a loss. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, do you think that's their prerogative, maybe, that they think that that's what they have to kind of shove in your face i think this is definitely because i like personally like the records because i like the transparent and i think it gives it more meaning and obviously aw juices their stats as you should with a lot of squash matches maybe off tv or whatever but again that's what you should do wwe could do it too they could do it on house shows fucking pad people's stats but when you do keep track of records and like you said you do put these lower thirds it definitely does put you in a pickle. And I think that's why a lot of times when you see the rankings, you laugh because they're not really reflective of the records, but they want certain guys to be a certain oh, way. Yeah. So even though this team has five losses, they're the number one contender just because, you know, they beat one team recently that was good. So, but it's just, it's, it's tough. And that's why I think for a big reason why WWE's never done it and probably never will because it forces you to book things a certain way. And yeah, I think he is scared of giving Daniel Bryan that L. Whereas if you didn't keep class of records, he could have two L's by now and people wouldn't even remember. But even still, with whatever his record is, if it's like 15-1-1 one, and one versus 15-0-2, oh, it doesn't make a difference to me because I know he's one of the top guys. I know he can go in the ring. I know he's always deserving of whatever he gets. He can always easily earn his way back. To me, this was about Hayman, and I really saw it as an opportunity for them to cement him. They chose not to cement him. Who knows? As Dom brought up, maybe it could be part of their storyline of them saying, like, maybe he's still not worthy. But to me, that whole is Hayman worthy thing ended when he finally beat Omega in my eyes. So by now going back to this, it's like, are you going to try to sell me it's a fluke? Because I don't believe that. So instead, you're just mucking it down and making me less interested. And now all you did was hit pause on something that you're going to have to resume at some point. So you did what WWE always does. You have a quote-unquote false finish or some bullshit finish at the end of a match just to postpone the match to something else. That's what AEW's ties have become. They've used them as a device, and they don't really use them much in any matches except for in big spots. So I think it's that's the other issue as I have with it. It's just it's like now it's becoming your, like, get-out-of-jail-free card, and to me that's just lazy. I don't know. But I'm willing to let it see how it plays out to see how they do it, but I don't know. I think I think they put themselves in a tough spot, and I think they missed an opportunity here. I just want to say very quickly that, you know, you get to a point, like, obviously, I didn't watch it live, so everybody was trying to tell me, oh, shit, oh, shit, are you, have you watched the match yet? And I said, no. And then, you know, I was about an hour behind, and I'm like, ah, oh. I got to, like, the 40-minute mark, and I'm like, they could fucking go in an hour. Those bastards yep. are going an hour. And, like, yep. again, being in the ring, I can tell you, fucking an hour? Like, to me, I'm thinking about I'm dude, Like I said, I'm, I'm impressed, impressed by, by all that. I am, but it was I am. unnecessary. It was unnecessary. I'm incredibly impressed by both men. But again, like we said, Sorry, they, I, that, that was big for Hangman. I'm sorry. It, I will yeah. say this much. It, it was impressive. And I think having the luster of having the longest match in AEW history, the longest match in, a, in Dynamite history, these are the pretend stats that they try to cultivate with stuff that makes it like, do I care that you've had the longest match? No. 
Nope. Because when I look, I, I look at it like this, and everybody's going to shit on me for it, and I don't give a fuck. But when I watch a match, I don't want a match going longer than like 25 minutes most. I agree. I think that my attention span has been... You you give me three minutes. You're conditioned to three minutes. You're conditioned to rampage watching 45 guys wrestle each other in like 10 minutes. I, 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 when you, and I understand they're trying to set it apart, and they did a great job with it. But if you sit there and you tell me that you can't get the job done in 25 minutes, you've lost me. You've absolutely lost me. And I know it's special, and I get it, and they hopefully won't do it again. <laughs> but they will. Wait till Hangman fights Punk. I know. Fights punk. I know. <laughs> It'll be a running joke by then. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's so hard. Because here's the other thing, too, is like, if Hangman continues to have these things, like, not this is the first time he's had a time limit draw, but if Daniel Bryan, essentially, or Bryan Danielson, excuse me, has all of these things, why hasn't he asked for no time limit? Like, what's the logic for not asking for a time limit? If, let's look at it this way, right? He wrestled for the AW Championship. He got a time limit. He potentially could have beaten Kenny. I get that, that they want to do another rematch down the line to make more money. I understand that. But, like, after a while, wouldn't he ask for an, for no time limits to prove that he is actually better? Like, wouldn't a heel want to prove that? Or is he going to use that as a scapegoat every single time? Why would you want to go through 60 minutes to prove that you're better than somebody but not get the W? I don't, I like, there's no logic to it. That's no, all. I agree. And I think we've reached the time limit on talking about Oh, yeah, about let's fucking move on. I can't. Shit, so. I'm tapping out there's, on it. Uh, you can go through quickies if you want. There's definitely more shit in the show, but I haven't. I don't care about anything else that happens. So you can either go through it or we can go to the hope. It doesn't matter to me. All righty. Get strapped in, folks. It's time to go in the fast lane. There we go. All right. On SmackDown, there was the thing that happened there with the Vikings beating uh, Jinder and Shanky. Peace out to you, boy, Shanky. No Veer, though. Veer's still walking his way to the Rumble. And moving on, Natty threatens Ali. Ooh, I'm scared. Moving on, jobber alert for poor Cesaro as uh, Ridge wins. Ridge wins. Ridge wins uh, with an attack with the club. Again, it is what it is. No, no, Naomi says all she wants is a fight for Christmas with uh, Sonya Deville. I don't think the rest of us even care anymore. Uh, Shayna Baszler, jobber alert. Uh, it is what it is. Moving on, the New Day does a thing. Who cares with the New Day? It's a, it's a fucking song and dance at that point. And then, of course, we head over to Raw. Woohoo! We've talked about most of Raw. However, we will say this much. I did not enjoy this week Rhea Ripley winning in three minutes against Zelina Vega or Queen Zelina in a jobber alert. I was like, huh? Our boy Guthrie said 50-50 booking. He's not wrong. But I just feel like, what the fuck are we doing? Shouldn't the queen win a little bit more? Are they trying to show the fact that Zelina is not up to snuff with Rhea? Is Rhea better without Nikki? They're asking questions. Do I give a fuck? Not really. It is what it is. Yeah, I don't care. I love Zelina. She's adorable. She's my favorite. And finally, the only thing we haven't really talked about on WWE television, that is SmackDown or Raw, is Liv Morgan's promo. I think personally that uh, this one's a rough one, but, uh, you know, that's just me. No, I, I can't defend it. It wasn't good. It was it was so scripted, and you can tell um, she's ne- her promos have never really been her strength unless if they're, like, passionate, and there was no passion in this one because you could tell she was literally just, like, doing it from memory. And the best hide when they have to do that or make it their own. She didn't do that this week. Um, but, yeah, we're I'm so excited for this match. I'm excited for Liv to get her opportunity, maybe her moment. But this segment this week, uh, yeah, not great, Bob. I just felt like... There's just a, I, I can't explain it when you're doing a promo and I've, I've produced a lot of people and like tried to help them with their promos and stuff like that. You can see in somebody, even if they're not good at it, you can see something that you can pull out of them. And I look at Liv and like on paper, like the eye test, you look at her and you're like, yep, can be on a cup. Yep, can be on the program. Yep, can be a star in the beginning of the show. Like, yeah, when you look at her, right? But then there's all these intricacies of like having to talk, how to present yourself and stuff. When I look at her, when I saw her do this promo, I looked at her as if she's still a scared little girl. And Becky was just, you know, trumpsing out with her marching band look and just talking about when you're big time, Bex, you don't have a, you don't have time to choke. You just got time to win. Like I was like, what a great line. You don't have time to be down. You got to be up. Great. Fucking wonderful. It's a great save. But then I, I watched Liv and I'm like, it's like you're watching a sad puppy every single time on Raw. And I want to cheer for you. 
I want you to, to, to accomplish what you want to accomplish. But I watched that promo, JC, and I think to myself, this woman is not ready to be the person. She's just not. Like, she's, she, she, might get, she might get a quick one-month reign, and that's wonderful for her. But in terms of what, like, she's just not ready to convey. She didn't get anybody in that crowd really, really, really behind her. Becky was the one getting people behind her. The, the, the thing is with Liv is, I think for the most part, like, we're all behind her because we relate to her. So now anything that you're doing, it's just like, it's just like we're, we're ready for this match pretty much. This one's been ready. And the fact that they've, like, kind of teased it a few times, it's just all that's going to happen now is, like, with a lot of WWE feuds. They go on too long, and it's just Liv's an underdog. She's supposed to be an underdog. She's always been an underdog her whole career. That's why it's so cool to see her get her opportunity. When she does eventually win it, it's always going to be downhill because she's always been most effective as an underdog. So it's, and then she's going to be that baby face champion where you see like Big E. It's hard, man. It's going to be hard for her as well. But it's, that's when you get moments like these, you want the payoff. So whether we're getting it now or down the line, we're going to get it. Whether she's ready or not, she's probably not. But it's one of those things like you never truly know. Some people look like this, but then when they finally get it, maybe something clicks confident wise and they are ready. So, it's one of those things like I'm we're at the point now I've been so invested that I'm willing to let it play out. But yeah, this segment this week was kind of not great. So they need to find, I think a different way than what they've done the last couple of weeks, which is just trounce her out there and let her talk. It's like, try to be more creative. You have all these fucking creative ideas. Sometimes it's like, they'll probably do a contract sign or some bullshit next week, but it's just like, you need to do something else rather than just let her go out there and talk because if it's a spying contest, she ain't going to beat Becky at that. Becky's great at that. Becky's been doing this a long time. And Becky's the heel, so she already has the grown-in advantage with her cockiness and arrogance and the quips and the comebacks and the corniness and all that. So it's like Liv's already at a disadvantage. So it's they need to find a more creative way to send us in the go-home next week, which they probably won't. So here's to that. I look at it this way. I think that, I mean, it's not going to happen, but Liv Morgan would be a far more effective heel because at least the – like the, I'm not saying when she wins, maybe she will, maybe she will be, but I I don't, I just, I look at him like a baby face, Liv Morgan ain't gonna, ain't gonna cut it. Ain't gonna cut it. I love Liv. I I root for her in general, even with a bad segment like this, it doesn't change how I feel. It just like, this is a bad week of TV for her, for sure. She did not do a good job in that promo. So, all right, moving on. Should we get hopeful? You are my only hope, Robert Roode. You give your hope to Bobby Roode? No, no, but he, he helped Ziggler achieve his hopes of an U.S. title match, which we can throw out the window. No, my hope is about the other mid-card title, though, on SmackDown. That is the Intercontinental Championship, which has been the drizzling shits around the waist of Shinsuke Nakamura because he never defends it. And he's more about Boogs is more of a title than the IC title for Nakamura and McAfee dancing to Boogs. So, you know what it's time for in WrestleMania? It's time for Sami Zayn to get his title back. Because the last time that title was cool and it mattered and the person it mattered to, it was Sami Zayn. And he did a great job with that title. That reign was really good. And Sami's at the point now where he didn't get his Roman reigns. But now it's like, you know what? I'm ready for it. Sometime soon, just give that title back to Sami. They could give it to Corbin. I don't know if it adds much to him. I don't know if that does much for anyone. Um, I don't really see many other good options until maybe Sheamus gets it at some point. But maybe Sheamus beats Sami at WrestleMania. That could be a cool moment. But... I, that's my hope. It's pretty simple this week. Hashtag give Sammy his icy title back. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. Here's my hope. I'm hoping as I watch Monday Night Raw, hmm. I went, there were two things that I really, really were like, okay, we're on a, we're on a collision course here. May not be at the Royal Rumble. Maybe at WrestleMania. But I think we are headed for a Finn Balor, Damian Priest program. Mm. And when I thought about this, I thought, JC, I thought, I think this is a WrestleMania match. It could be for the United States Championship. I think that's where I would want to see Finn get his comeuppance. I think Finn's the right guy to take it off of him. But there's also that added suspense of, okay, motherfucker, I'm angry. You made me angry. And of course, you know, Damian Priest looks like somebody that like is cheesing it, you know, doing his, I'm angry. I've got cartoon smoke coming out of my ears. And then of course he can be more devilish. But on the other hand, there's also a demon. And I think having the demon against this thing could really feel like a WrestleMania feel 
where you add the gaga, you add the whole pomp and circumstance of the demon versus the bad spot and bad bad side, I guess is probably better of Damien. And you kind of, you go, who's going to, you know, cause I can see Vince McMahon in his office, Damien versus the demon. It just writes itself. You know what I mean? I think it's a positive. Damien versus the demon. The demon came. Damien priest. Damien priest. <laughs> Damien. Damien. But I really, I looked at this and I went, now that's something that I would sit there and eat and watch popcorn and have a good time with my buddies and be like, this is the fucking match. So I, I yeah, exactly. Popping it back. But I just, I just think it's a definite WrestleMania feud and I'm really hoping I'm right because I, I just look at it and go, that gets me excited for the mid card. Cause there's not a lot of Damian priest lineups that I've seen so far that I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? What the fuck? I mean, I, I don't even know if they can hold out till that long, three months or four months or whatever it is. Right? I mean, they could just do what they do with the IC title and just not defend it. So No, I know. But it's just like how many... Give him a Boogs. Give him Elias. <sighs> oh, fucking Elias. I'm here with the darkest man of WWE, Damian Priest. You could have fucking uh, Corey Graves up there dancing, you know? Just rip it off completely. I just, I think that that'd be a WrestleMania. If I was booking WrestleMania, that'd be one of the matches I'd want to see. Personally. That, I think that's a definite. I think it, it'll get people really excited. I don't yeah, think I, I like don't, it. I don't think Finn's been a United States champion either, so I think that'd be really good. We'd have to check on that, but I think you might be right. But Nestlemania, don't call it a comeback. He's been here for years, and it's that man, Finn Balor, because all you fucking internet twerps and all you Nestle twerps, Finn Balor never wins. All he does is lose. Well, guess what, bitches? He won this week. He beat the up-and-coming next big thing, Austin Theory. This is a Finn that, uh, Finn. This is a win for Finn that he needed. And then, obviously, Theory, with the way they're doing his storyline, he had to disappoint the boss a little bit, so it made a lot of sense. They're going to fight again and next week and probably 50-50 book it, but that's neither here nor there for this week. Finn finally gets a win after losing all the top stars. He finally gets one here, and uh, that's why he gets my comeback, because I want to rub it on all you little whiny bitches' faces. My comeback this week goes to... You're going to laugh. My comeback this week goes to Reginald and Dana Brooke for two weeks in a row, folks. Were they even on TV this week? Yes, they were. They did that backstage segment where, like, they were going to do the, the lights and the trees and the whole thing. Oh, I didn't even see it. I must have fast-forwarded through it because that's I, all this is worth. You I, should fucking delete your account. I, I, guys, here's my thing, right? It's embarrassing, but this is the most I've paid attention to Dana Brooke in ever. And I there's something about Reginald and this this whole thing where I just, I look at this and I go, I I don't hate I don't hate this, like I I really don't hate this, and I I thought I was I thought I I got dropped on my head last week. You did, and then I thought to myself, okay, this week I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna try to nitpick it, and I just thought, I, I there's something about Dana Brooke with Reginald that I'm really digging, and I don't know why. I'm sorry. But they're getting. I have a joke here, but it's inappropriate, so I'm not going to say it. Well, that's fine. But maybe I'm just check your browser history. Maybe no, no, she's not my enemy. But (laughs) I mean, there's something. I don't know what. Maybe it's the holiday season, and I just want them to have their mistletoe moment. I don't know. (sighs) My God. But I just maybe I'm in the holiday spirit, JC. I don't know. You're not. We just, they just listen to this entire program. We shit all over the company this week, and this is something that you're trying to shine the mistletoe on. I just, I'm just saying. Oh I'm just God. saying. Listen, there's not, there's not enough romance in the WWE, and I, I got. Are you I, kidding I, me? Half the fucking angles are about romance and no. sex. You watch NXT 2.0. Well, yeah, the whole show that, is sex. Well, that whole show is like one great, <laughs> one big boner jam, but. I'm, yeah. saying, I'm just saying on the other end of the, the Raw and SmackDown, there's not really anything going on. I think the holiday season with the mistletoe, the whole thing, I, hopefully they do it. I, I'll come back after the holidays, and then maybe I'll be you know right with myself if they don't do the mistletoe gimmick, but we'll see. We'll see. That's You're my comeback. I'm, I'm not even going to acknowledge this. Um, I acknowledge Roman Reigns. I don't acknowledge the 24-7 title. We head to the big old finish in WrestleMania. Um, we saw SmackDown starting to book some matches in advance now, which is good. We've been asking WWE to do this a lot. Raw booked four matches for next week as well, so we're going to hit those quickly before we go to NXT and AEW. On Raw next week, we have AJ versus Omos, Orton versus Otis, the U.S. title match between Damian Priest and Dolph Ziggler, and Finn Balor in a rematch against Austin Theory. Thoughts on any of these matches? Well, Orton's going to lose to Otis. I think that's. Ooh, the, I think he's gonna. Hot he, take. I think. I think Orton is definitely in the giving mood of the uh, of right about now. I think he's in a good groove too. And I don't think Gable likes to to really tout that uh, Otis loses a lot. So I think Otis needs a big si- signature victory. This could be it. 
Uh, Omos is going to clearly beat AJ. I mean, there's no way around it. I'm sure there'll be some type of destruction and heartbreak. Ziggler, thanks for coming. I mean, that's exactly what you're in there for, to, to do something. And then Finn versus Theory. Obviously, it's just 50-50 booking. Theory wins so he can uh, not get erased. Which, by the way, I need to figure out how to Photoshop his face on the eraser head poster, but that's a whole other thing. I need to I need to figure out my Photoshop skills and, and do that because I, I've got a lot of great ideas for Austin Theory. Oh, yeah. Well, on SmackDown, they've had a lot of great ideas. We have two matches booked for the... Christmas Eve spectacular. Charlotte defending against Tony Storm in a SmackDown Women's title match, which I expect to be schmazz-tastic as they uh, prepare for day one. And a 12-man IC number one contender gauntlet match. I just hope for Sami Zayn. Uh, maybe he wins it, but there's a lot of good candidates in here. I would love, since it's uh, the holiday season, my boy Ricochet just to win, just so I can see him wrestle more because I love him. So there's a lot of good, lot of good picks in that match. I'm picking Sami Zayn because it's the only logical storyline, and that makes a lot of sense. And then Charlotte wins because of, you know, Charlotte things. That makes a lot of sense as well. That's yeah, how I feel so about that it. sums up SmackDown, but at least we have things booked for the future. NXT, uh, Tuesday night, um, if you're listening on Wednesday, well, guess what? We're going to sound like idiots because we're talking about something that already happened, but uh-huh. we have Raquel versus Dakota in a street fight. We have Pete Dunne taking out, hey, Tony <laughs> D'Angelo. We have Dexter Lewis versus Trick Williams. We have Von Wagner in action and allegedly AJ Styles on the show, likely to put over the hottest thing in NXT, Grayson Waller. Is that, is that confirmed that AJ Styles is showing up? Allegedly, that's what they were talking about. He's going to show up on NXT, but I haven't seen it like advertised. So but. here's 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 what I I I need to know. I, I I I I how how can they say that they want to be young and hip and NXT 2.0 and then have like a 50 year old man show no, up no, on no, that see, show? See, no, no, that's you're. you're you, you take things way too literally, like the entire no, no, internet no, 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 has changed no, no. over. Do you remember when NXT was at its best in WrestleMania? What happened weekly? Someone dropped down to tussle with the kids sure. and do something fun. Sure. And that was the glory days of NXT. So every now and then, I don't mind them doing that. We're talking about people want AJ to have a fresh start. So, you know, maybe yeah, have, go a little, back to wrestling have a, in front have of a little dabble people. in NXT. Have a little dabble in NXT. It's not it's a show he's probably, I don't think he's ever appeared on, so it's probably a first for him. Maybe he wants to check some things off the old bucket list. That's what I mean. It is Christmas. He's in the Christmas spirit. Don't be such a Grinch. This is a good thing. It's cool. He's probably going to tussle with Grayson Waller. Who knows? Maybe he'll tussle with your boy Von Wagner. Enjoying oh, the boy. hop on the Von Wagon. He lost one big heavy. Maybe he needs to steal Adam Pierce's big heavy. Choo-choo! All aboard. All aboard the wagon. Wah! Wah! <laughs> As for you and me and like two other people, but that's fine. Oh, God. My man's a wagon. Wah! Uh, by the way, if, if Von Wagner and Robert Stoner are a thing, I'm I'm done. I'm off the wagon again. I can't. I I can't. I'm not gonna get into it. I just Robert Stone makes my skin sizzle. So it's he's it's good a, TV though. He is good TV, but I just I can't support that guy. I just can't. And. It, like Von Wagner is an is an entity to himself. I I just can't. But there are parts of NXT that I really thoroughly enjoy. I love Tony. I think the, watching Tony D'Angelo is so, is so fucking funny. And but he's so serious about other hey! things too. Yeah. Like just the the uh, he, I can't even say the word because I'm gonna say it wrong. But like he called somebody a like a I started with an S, but he called them like a I don't know. It was some type of derogatory term about <laughs> Pete Dunn had me in stitches. And then of course like. There's other things that are like growing pains and stuff, but it's just, it's fun. I just, I think I'm, I'm more interested in the new and I want like the Raquel's and the, the other people like that to kind of go to the main roster already because I'm kind of been done with like people that have been around for a while. I'm ready for the whole thing to be fresh and new. I think I, the, the last, leg, I mean, 70% of the show is, but I think it's, yeah. I still like to use the device of a little bit of the old to try to, Bring up sure. the new, and then it's it's like you move on, you know. Yeah. And I think I I would think Raquel's gonna be in the Rumble, so this Dakota payoff is probably we're probably getting close to the end. Maybe she'll have one more match with Mandy, um, but right. On the but way Dakota's out, a great. Knows. I think Dakota would would be a huge service for a Raw or SmackDown. I really do. I agree, and I, I thought she was up on the main roster, but then they didn't draft her, and she ended up back in NXT. I think she was supposed to come up, and they realized that like, eh, if we bring her up, we might not really have room for her yet, and we know that a lot of people in the company really like her as they should because she's very good. But I would think both of these women are probably better serviced on the main roster. It's just they probably aren't ready to have them inserted yet. 
Okay, fine. Anything else we have to talk about? I really don't want to talk about Grayson yeah. Waller. Yeah, so. AW. We got a uh, preview. Dynamite. Uh, Malachi Black takes on Griff Garrison. Who cares? Who? MJF and F. Jeff Griff Garrison. He's a varsity just, blonde, bro. I know who he is. I watch every week. I'm just saying. Next. Yeah. He was a nominee for Job of the Year last year because he lost like 80,000 matches. Uh, we have MJF and FTR versus Punkstein and Darby Allen, six-man tag. Who cares? We have uh, Nyla Rose versus Ruby Soho in a TBS semifinal. Please let Ruby win. And then we have Adam Cole, baby, versus Orange Cassidy Pockets. Pockets, pockets. So I'm at least interested in the Adam Cole and the Orange Cassidy yes. gimmick. I think that's fun. I think I think Adam Cole does a great job just going all in. On something, and I think he makes it work. So I think uh, that'll be an entertaining match. I think Orange Cassidy did a great job in the uh, was it six man tag on Rampage or something. Yeah, they're was, both they're two of my favorite yeah, performers they, they, in the company. They, they were great. Uh, uh, Ruby Soho, if she doesn't win, I'll be shocked personally. Yeah, me too. I don't, I think that's, I don't understand how Nyla's even made it this far. I mean, I like Nyla, Nyla Rose for what she is, and I think that she's a good bruiser. But I just Something about Ruby Soho is just like they're they're parading that that woman out. Feed her to Jade, baby. Yeah, I mean that's, the Jade show. It's gonna be the, that bitch that, show. That bitch show. I yeah, I mean I think that's where we're headed. So I I, I tend to agree with you. And then what were the other things? Oh, um, Griff who, cares? who cares? Six man tag with uh, MJF. So here's so I board Dom and maybe Joe Stopper who you know does a great job recapping AW every single week. Even if he's got a health problem, that man still does everything. He's a crazy motherfucker. But anyway. Uh, the one thing that I have to say is like the six man tag of like MJF and you know FTR, FTR excuse me, and then Sting and Punk and Darby Allen. I went, this should be headline TV, you know, but it's like a sixty year old man and his weird nephew <laughs> and Punk who looks like you know Punk, and it's just like then there's FTR and 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 uh, MJF, and I thought to myself. Well, clearly MJF and FTR are going to take the pin here because nobody fucking cares. It's a six-man tag. But I just, I, I don't know why I'm not interested in this. I should be. It's because it's a six-man tag and it's filler, and it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't know. I'm with you the same way. But you know what's more exciting this week? The actual, the, the better-looking show this week for me is Rampage wow. because we have a TNT title match between Sammy and Cody where Sammy will most likely win and the men of the year will probably do something and they'll set up a tag team match next week because that's how they roll. But, Nestlemania, your favorite thing in the world, Hook is in action on Rampage. Yes, against Bear Bronson, I believe. And I... Could not be. I don't even know who that is. So Bear Country is a big deal up in this area, uh, especially New York. Oh, yeah, they've been on TV like twice. They're they're a great tag team from this area. Is it Bray Bronson? I could be wrong, but either one, both of them are fantastic wrestlers. But I saw that uh, the size discrepancy, and I went, "He's gonna fucking beat that guy." Like maybe he won't. No, no fucking way. That guy. After the way all you marks acted in his debut, Hook's gonna be the next Daniel Bryan. Oh my! The only way he can lose is to tie. I'll tell you up. Hook Daniel Bryan, 60-man Iron Man. By the way, by the way Daniel Bryan saying that everybody that has a vlog in AAW is the reason why the world is going to shit is my favorite. He's setting up the Sammy feud he that is, I hope for. He is, he is, I'm not just saying this in general, but like he is absolutely right. He is absolutely right. Like, Why would you want all of your personal issues out there? But that's fine. That's a whole other thing. But God damn it. I am I'm I'm so ready for him to be the vlog destroyer. I think that'd be fucking awesome. Anyway, TNT champion. Yeah, I think that'd be. You want to wrestle every week, like you said. There it is, right fucking there, right fucking there. It's perfect. But I'm excited for Hook. I, I am super jacked. I think I think it's weird because I think they're gonna go Saturday, right? So there's like a weird. I think it's Saturday. Yeah. So it's like a it's like a Christmas Day thing. So. Yeah. At eleven o'clock or what? Maybe it's nine. I think there's a different there's a different time change there. I believe as well. So, yeah, there it's, it's like an eight or nine. Maybe or Baker and uh, Rehost oh, this week Reho, too. Yeah, I can't yeah, something's track. happening. Yeah, it's because those are on Rampage, and I think there's another Saturday show where yeah. that has that's only an hour. It has ba- it's oh no, Battle, know, Battle, Battle of the Belts. Belts. Battle of the Belts is Reho. Okay, right, I'm right, mixing right. it all yeah, up, yeah. dude. I can't keep it's, track. There's all this so shit. many specialty things they do. Everything feels special, but nothing feels special sometimes. I don't know. It's odd. It's it's. I appreciate the the gimmicks and the the little. I do like the gimmicks because I think it makes the week to week feel a little better. Yeah, um, for sure. But sorry. it is a little confusing, and I'm sorry if I messed it up. But those are the matches that I know are happening. I'm excited. The ones for that we talked about. I'm excited for eight. Of course for, you are, uh, Adam Cole, baby. Send hook. Why? Why do? Why do? Why do? When you make fun of me, do I have a lisp every time? Every time. No, it's my nestle voice. I just sound like a little bitch voice. Okay, thanks. (laughs) Okay. 
All right. I can't physically <laughs> grab you over the table and choke you right now, but that's okay. Well, anyway. You can next week for the Knocker Awards, baby. Woo! I know you're. I hope you're all excited as much as we are because that's what's coming at you next week. Um, as you get, we get you ready for the new year. We look back at the old year and go through the best of the best, the worst of the worst, and everything in between because that's how we roll. Yes, indeed. So anyway, uh, since JC has eloquently wrapped up the show, we are going to give a uh, a wrap on this one. We hope you uh, enjoyed this Jobber Knocker. We'll be back next week with more Jobber Knockery. You're a mean one, Nestlemania.